Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is Strictly Confidential. You didn't have to slap yourself on the cheek. That was, uh, you can just do one hand in the other. So I was planning on trying this out as an intro topic because it's like at least 30% good. But the reason I said out there is because I cut open my hand. Oh my, were you holding a knife? No, not while I clapped. That was- Do you need medical attention? No, it happened last night. So I, it happens during the construction of something that I absolutely love more than anything. You know how closets are usually bad? I have a makeshift structure outside of my closet that holds all of my clothes because my closet is tiny and sucks that bad. So you understand that closets are pretty much always bad. They're never the size you want them to be, really, unless you're really wealthy. But I, so our old house had an insanely cool closet. It it was actually where I recorded every Strictly Confidential episode until we moved, but it was so big and had the laundry room inside the closet. So everything was convenient. Everything was there. Everything was all together. And it was just a nice space. Do you remember it? Yeah. But here at our new house, our bedroom closet is very small. And our laundry machine is upstairs. That's irrelevant to the interesting part of the story. But I guess it's there now. The issue with our closet was we had shoes and nowhere to put them. And so our closet is this rectangle, as I feel like most closets are, but the two of the walls have bars with our clothes hanging on them. So my clothes are on one wall, Shannon's clothes are on another. The issue was we each had a laundry basket on the floor. And then also on the floor was this array, just hodgepodge of shoes. And I didn't realize I have a lot of shoes, but I have a lot of shoes. And I I inherited probably six, seven pairs from my dad in the last two months. So it's not, it's not like I had all of these shoes at that point. But Shannon and I collectively have a decent amount of shoes. And so it always ended up where if you needed shoes from our closet and they weren't out of our closet, you would spend at least five, 10 minutes trying to find them. Not very efficient. Not very efficient. It got to the point where when I complained to Shannon about it, at one point she said, every time I need a pair of shoes, I genuinely say a prayer that I find them. (laughs) And so I started doing that too. And this, we've lived in this house for over seven months now, and trying to figure out exactly what to do about it has been a nightmare. But I went on Amazon and spent $19.99 on a shoe rack. And oh my goodness, my life has changed for the better. I look into my closet now and I see five shelves of this insanely cheap fabric on these off-brand PVC pipes that one of them sliced my hand open. And I get to see the shoes I'm looking for are right there. (laughs) My Crocs- I want them- Our top shelf. I want to make fun of you for having not thought about getting a shoe rack earlier, but this is the exact same kind of thing that I do all the time where someone's like, hey, what if you put a handle on that door and you wouldn't have to use a butter knife to open it? And I'm just like, that's a good idea. (laughs) And then I suddenly just opening and closing a door is a newfound joy for me. Well, Jackson, I'm glad that you don't have to appeal to a higher power in order to have your architectural issues solved. Because that's exactly what the sisters at the Loretto Chapel had to do. You basically, did you invent that whole story just for this podcast or did that actually happen? That actually happened. We need to talk about synchronicity at some point because that story is the 
easiest transition into the topic I have ever had. So much so that I thought you were just kind of making it up. I yeah, I all of that was true. It was fated to be. So we're going to talk about what may actually end up being a mini series in and of itself, like Cryptid Corner, some impossible structures, specifically the Loretto Chapel staircase in Santa Fe. Okay. So you're unfamiliar. And I thought that I was until this was dredged up from the deep recesses of my mind. I had seen, I would say even in my childhood, it was at least a decade ago, a History Channel unexplained mysteries type show about impossible structures. So quick question before I know anything more. Is this anything like the MC Escher-esque stuff that you'll see in films like Inception? Actually, yeah. It's I'm sure that episode one of that History Channel show was the pyramids. And then they were scrambling for more things to fill out the rest of the season with. But there are architectural wonders that are not fully explained. And when you look at them, you kind of have the same response that made the Leaning Tower of Pisa so famous, where you, you see that it's standing, but your brain is like, that shouldn't be standing up. That should just crumble in on itself. But it's more than just an optical illusion on paper and a trick of perspective because it exists in 3D space and you're seeing it and it's functional, but there's something intuitively wrong about it that almost fills people with like, an uneasiness or a sense of the supernatural because it doesn't seem to adhere to the laws of physics like everything else around it. This staircase is one such structure and it's worth a Google, although I think this can be pretty well described and imagined. You know what a spiral staircase looks like? They're the coolest stairs. Uh, not really like a tough competition there, but I'd say spiral staircases are the coolest. You go into a, a trendy coffee shop, that used to be like a grain silo and there's a spiral staircase leading up to a loft. That's a pretty cool little spot, but they're not really freaky or supernatural. In fact, they're pretty, at least like you can see how it functions, right? There is a central pole and then in a spiraling helix shape, the steps are extending out from that pole, right? Are you with me so far? Kind of, yeah. I mean, just imagine a, a spiral staircase and what is holding the weight and that's the pole in the middle and the stairs are jutting out from it. Mm -hmm. Why this staircase is immediately captivating is that there is no central pillar. It is just stairs ascending in a spiral. So it's very unclear what is actually holding the weight of the stairs and what is keeping them suspended in air. And the effect now is a little less awe-inspiring because when it was constructed, it didn't originally have the, the handrails. So uh -huh. it really did just look like floating steps. Yeah. So wouldn't all the weight just be on the bottom step? And this is supposed to be able to hold several people at once who are ascending into the choir loft. And it's just made out of an unknown wood. So where did this thing come from? I mean, we could just ask the architect how he built it. Uh, and if it really is a wonder of architecture, you probably want to brag about it a little bit. Is this going to end up being the kind of magician thing where he won't tell you how he figured out you had the ace of spades? Well, someone's not talking, but they do have a story on the Loretto Chapel website. And it's exactly the story that I forgot that I remembered from the History Channel show in my childhood. Uh, the story begins in 1850. So this has been around for a while. It's in New Mexico. Yeah. The first bishop of the territory, Bishop Jean-Baptiste Lamy, wanted to start a school to educate girls in the territory. 
Uh, they founded that school in Santa Fe in 1853. It actually wasn't until 20 years later in 1873 that the sisters who had founded the school decided they would construct a chapel. And they used the same French architect and builders that constructed the St. Francis Cathedral Basilica. Uh, not the one in France, not quite that fancy, the one that's in Santa Fe. The mysterious staircase actually arose from a sudden tragedy in which the original architect suddenly died. Uh, I read a source that said it was a gun-related incident, but for the life of me, I cannot find the name of the original architect or whether or not it was a cool cowboy duel or an accident, I don't know. Uh, and I feel like that would be a very interesting part of the story, but I could not dig it up. Anyway, they had most of the church done. Suddenly the lead architect had passed away. And one of the last remaining things was a way to get up to the choir loft. There was no staircase. And baffling enough, there seemed to be no place to put the stairs either. They brought in local architects and carpenters who basically just told them you need to either dramatically reduce the size of the loft and not be able to fit everybody, or you're gonna have to put a ladder. Uh, not a ton of spry, young, ladder-climbing people in the Catholic Church's choir, so that was obviously out of the question. But they also didn't want to completely deface the beautiful interior by gutting the thing to make room for a staircase. Right. Uh, it would seem like an obvious problem, but the one who may have had the solution was no longer around to give the answers. Seeking guidance, this is going back to Loretta Chapel's website, the Sisters of Loretto prayed a nine-day novena to St. Joseph, the patron saint of carpenters. A novena, it helpfully explains, is a special prayer said for nine consecutive days. On the final ninth day of the novena, a carpenter appeared with only a hammer and a carpenter's square. He offered his services and built what is now known as the miraculous staircase with simple tools and wooden pegs. The rare wood is not native to the American Southwest. And when the staircase was complete, it said that the carpenter disappeared without receiving thanks or payment. The sisters tried all local lumber stores, could not find any accounts that were open for the supplies. They even put out an ad in the paper trying to make in contact with this mysterious wandering carpenter. No such luck. Some people believe that it was someone who was sent by St. Joseph or even St. Joseph himself who answered their prayers and gave them the architectural solution that they were lacking. This guy came out of nowhere. Do we know anything about him? No, that's all we know. It is a complete mystery as to where these stairs came from. And to, I'm going to use their description here to make sure that it's better illustrated in the minds of the listener. The staircase has two complete 360 degree turns. Uh, anyone who's played Tony Hawk Pro Skater knows that's a 720, but two 360 degrees no center pole for structural support. The entire way to the staircase rests on the bottom stair. The banisters were added 10 years later due to difficulty climbing the tall tapered stairs with no railing. I mean, yeah, it's a safety hazard for sure. In the mid 20th century, they added two small brackets that connect to outside pillars. That's to help mitigate the effects of the vibrations from passing cars and trucks. Not an issue that would have been even a consideration when it was built in 1850, or excuse me, 1873. So all of that makes sense. I mean, you say it makes sense, but a mysterious stranger rolls in, builds an impossible feat of architecture, and then disappears without a trace. It's no wonder that this has been a, a huge draw for the church and has made it a very, very popular spot for weddings and 
uh, I mean, it's a gorgeous venue, but the mysticism for sure adds a lot of extra flavor. Do you have any theories about what could be holding this staircase up? The only places it's connected are the top and bottom, or is it also connected to pillars, you said? The connection to the pillars was added, I think, 100 years later, give or take. And they, they say it's to combat the vibrations from passing trucks and cars. But other than that, it's just connected at the very top and the very bottom. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's just connected at the top and bottom. I mean, could it just be strong enough wood and strong enough, uh, what are they, connectors like screws and bolts and stuff to where it fits and everything holds together well? I mean, like when I see a hammock in my backyard, I think there is no way this skinny elastic is going to hold my body. An important note to why this was so impressive was that there are no nails, no bolts, no glue used in this structure. It is just wood and nothing else. Oh, so it's like Lincoln Logs. Yeah. Is it interlocking wood like that where it has, well, how would you even do that without screws? I don't know. You've actually kind of touched upon the first answer to the first mystery, which is what's holding it together. Uh, it's really only amazing now that a staircase is made without nails or glue, because at the time, those would have been very expensive luxury building materials. They would have more likely just used mortise and tenon style of joints, which are basically like Lincoln logs, specifically cut wood blocks that nest into another wood block. And we see durable mortise and tenon joints appear in 7000 BC. Huh. It's not a new technology, and woodworkers used that way before they learnt, used uniformly per, like manufactured material that is the, the common nail now. So it's so ubiquitous now that the idea that something could, like this could be built without it seems like it is its own impressive feat, but really that was commonplace for the time. Huh. Is it just held together like Lincoln Logs then? With one, with one stair having some sort of puzzle piece-like appendage and another stair ha having the corresponding hole? Yeah, so the, the spiral along the sides of the stairs themselves you have the tread, which is the flat part you step on, and then the riser, which is the vertical piece. But then on the sides, you have the stringer, which is holding on, like, on just the steps that go to your back porch. That's what the planks are resting on top of on the sides and is mostly holding all the weight as the stringer. Those are just linked together, not unlike Lincoln Logs, just a bit more of a precise cut. Right. But that still doesn't really explain what keeps the weight of the unsupported spiral from basically acting like a spring and just slinking down. Well, I kind of touched on the answer right there, which is the springing action, which is kind of conveniently omitted from that story in the Loretto Chapel, is that from the very beginning, these stairs were extremely dangerous oh. because the structure would spring up and down slightly as you walked on it. That's and terrifying. We do have documentation about nuns who would climb and descend the stairs on their hands and knees because they were so scared to stand up because they would shake as they walked. I'm surprised it took 10 years to add rails and then another 100 years to add further support to the pillars to the side. But it did, in fact, used to spring up and down slightly as you ascended and descended. That's now, crazy. another key thing to understand how this thing works is that actually after they added the supports that connect to the pillars, the stairs started to fall apart. You cannot today climb up and down the stairs 
because the spring action is necessary for absorbing the shock. And without, and when you lock it in place, the any sort of vibrations that are going up and down are just going to crack the wood. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, spiral stairs is a much better way to say slinky stairs. I would disagree that it's a better way to say slinky stairs. See, but I think you and I are a small market there. And I think I would rather be on a stair that is fun and scary than a stair that is purposeful in getting you from point A to point two. Yeah, I guess if my if I'm Asher age 75 and I'm a little more brittle, I'm not going down. Yeah, you don't want your back to slinky the same way the stairs might. (laughs) Second mystery, what the stairs are made of. It's spruce. There's the mystery. We know that it's spruce because of uh, wood scientists. That comes from Snopes. Little hit the Snopes kind of integrated into this episode. There is apparently a, an entire field just for being a wood technologist. Wood technologist Forrest Easley, yeah, he's a, he's a wood scientist and his name is Forrest, you can't make that up, points out that it is, there are multiple kinds of spruce and we don't really know exactly which one it is. No one's been a big enough jerk to just like cut off a piece and analyze it. But the, the flexible nature, the I assume the color and everything else makes it pretty obvious to people who know about different kinds of woods that it's made of spruce. Finally, what's holding it up? We can talk to just about any architect for that answer, actually. It helps perpetuate this mystery that most people are not architects, statistically speaking. <laughs> yeah, but the, I'd say that. But when you think about when you have a central pillar that's holding up a spiral staircase, the stairs are only making contact at certain points on that pillar. And those points also ascend in a spiral. So the stringer, remember the outside edges of the stairs, they ascend in a spiral that has such a tight diameter that it essentially, according to Forrest Easley, functions almost as a solid pole. It was effectively a tube of some sort with a hole in the middle, but without a pole in the middle holding the tube together. I mean, imagine that you have a like a toilet paper tube, right? And you pull it and it kind of becomes that helix shape. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, I mean, you have the wrapping paper tube and it becomes a sword and you, you beat your sibling over the head with it and it starts to come apart and it unravels into a, that spiral. It's sure. essentially working, it's working like that, where it is, in fact, a pole. There's just open air wherever it is not making contact directly with the stairs. Really, MC Escher was a pretty good comparison at this top of the show because this is essentially an optical illusion. It's taking that base assumption that it needs some central thing to be wrapped around and hiding it within the durable, tightly wound stringer that is holding up the stairs. And the fact that the stairs, the tread is wood, the stringer is the exact same kind of wood. It kind of just all becomes one single shape, one single helix that doesn't seem to be supported by anything. At this point, it's basically one big thing of wood. I mean, if you put a bunch of these staircases all together, it would end up as just a tube, right? Yeah, pretty much. And so it's just a part of that tube with other pieces taken out. Yeah, that fully makes sense. So the supernatural story, I mean, it is a church, but on even more cynically, it's important to know that this church is actually part of a privately owned museum, which is operated for profit, mostly selling venue space and I imagine tours. So the situation, according to Snopes, stealing their wording here, provides owners with a strong financial motive for perpetuating the legend and claiming its mysterious origins and substance. 
This, I think, can be pretty easily categorized, even though on a much smaller scale, with the pyramids and the assumption that the pyramids were built by aliens and or dinosaurs, is we see something that we don't really understand how it was constructed, and we're way smarter than the ancient people. Uh, they used leeches to heal common colds, so they were clearly dumb. But if we can't figure out how to do it, they must have had supernatural help, divine help. But like the pyramids, there was a lot of trial and error to make this eventually work. I mean, that that's kind of what the uh, the ancient aliens ignores about the pyramids is that we have the record of the mistakes and all of the trials and pitfalls that the pharaohs went through to get to the point of the Pyramid of Giza. Right. I don't know if you ever seen the, the Bent Pyramid, the nope. uh, Sneffer's Bent Pyramid. I mean, I don't, I want to put this delicately. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, it, 25,000 people labored over, over it for decades. Thing sucks. And it probably looked pretty ugly even back then. Pharaoh Snefru being like, this is going to be the tallest pyramid ever. They realized halfway up that that structure was going to collapse unless they reduced the angle. Can't really undo, you know, 10 years of work from 25,000 ambiguously hired laborers. So Please. they just corrected the angle. Well, it's actually it actually is debated whether or not most of the pyramids were built by slaves or not. It seems like actually they were Egyptians, like Egyptian residents who were like laborers. But whether or not it was voluntary is a little un, it's a little dicey. Right. They kind of like, as you would imagine, the pharaohs themselves kind of gloss over the issue. Uh, so he just course corrects to 43 degrees instead. And so you get this ugly lump of a pyramid. So they didn't immediately have the beautiful, perfect geometry of the Pyramid of Giza that just ascended out of nowhere. Like they goofed it up big time, several times. In fact, there are pyramids that, you know, only the central interior room still remains because the outside just fell apart and crumbled. Uh, and the idea of the pyramid came from just like pharaohs just wanted to be in a mastaba, which is a really fancy grave. And then one pharaoh said, you know what? I want to be closer to the heavens. So let's stack six mastabas. And then someone stopped him and said, hey, that's going to fall over. And then he said, well, then make each one smaller than the last one. <laughs> and then that kind of looked like a pyramid. But they after they built it, they basically just said, oh, man, that's super ugly because you just got these six wonky angles. So they decided to smooth off the sides. And that's where the idea for the pyramid came from. Anyway, lots of trial and error. And these steps as beautiful as they are, were barely functional at the very start. <laughs> the, the reason that you don't see th this, these stairs are very unique and they look like a miracle and you don't see them built like this today because it is a fundamentally worse design than just using a central pillar and having steps come off of it. Especially with the slinkiness. I don't think that the original story of these stairs being a miracle was to sell tickets you know it wasn't a private organization at the start it was just a chapel at a small girls school i think maybe this story was made up so people felt like they weren't gonna die every time they climbed the stairs they're like these are a miracle from saint joseph mm. so it was marketing i think it was marketing i think at the end of the day all of these are going to be marketing is marketing just to sell their beautiful wonderful gorgeous Terrible stairs. If you want something that's aesthetically pleasing and has good structure, I'd recommend checking out the songwriting of Glenmorill. He wrote the theme song Threadbare off the album Burn of Proof. 
And we want to thank him every week for the use of that song as our intro and outro makes us sound professional. Check him out on GlimmerMusic.com, Spotify, iTunes, any place you stream music. He's probably there. And then if you want to follow us on our social media, we've got a Twitter at S Confidence Show and an Instagram at Strictly Confidential Show. And we post pretty regularly about what our episodes are about, about if we're taking a break for a week or so due to unforeseen circumstances, about just asking you guys for topics, because not not all of our topics have been stuff we have Googled. What should we talk about today? Sometimes it's stuff you guys suggest. And if you want to send us an email with a topic as well, or with anything you want, it could be a video, could be a song, could be anything. Shoot us an email at strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. We are way overdue for an interview episode. So if you want to be on the show, reach out to us. We'd love to have you talk about your conspiracies and experiences with the supernatural. And if you have a best friend, please tell them that you like this show and that they should listen to it as well. And I think that's all we do. I think that's all we do, Jackson. So until next time, I've been Asher. I've been Jackson. And you've been listening to Strictly Confidential. And as always, stay slinking. Boing. I like they gave me three so I can pick the best one. Oh, you're supposed to use all three.